Hi there, and welcome to the Skylight Books author reading series. If you'd like to learn more about us and our many upcoming author events, please visit skylightbooks.com, where you can browse our inventory, buy books, and join our Friends with Benefits Club. You can also follow us on Twitter, Tumblr, and Facebook. To speak to a real live bookseller, please call 323-660-1175. Thanks for your support, and enjoy. Anyway, thank you all for coming, and um, please... Let's hear the story. I'm, I'm anxious, too. Thank you. Thanks, Chris, for this wonderful introduction. Um, um, well, since you all know me, I, I don't have to say uh, much more about me. Uh, so this is a very uh, kind of intimate reading tonight. Um, I'm proud uh, being here, reading here, because this is... Uh, Really, kind of the center of the anti anti Amazon uh, movement. Uh, when I first got here, uh, at the re- I was um, at the reading of uh, Eden Lepocki uh, with her um, novel California, and she used to work in this uh, bookstore. Um, so and uh, yeah, and and you know when I was like. First time I was here, uh, I figured out that since my novel is not uh, available in English now, but uh, one of my heroes uh, was kind of uh, recommended here by Arlo, um, Dennis Johnson's Already Dead, and Arlo writes, uh, if you want to get deep into some weird shit, this is a book for you, good weird shit. And uh, yeah, that's my recommendation as well, so for the English speakers, um, this is a book for you. It's set in Northern California, not in Southern California, but he said that his book is a California Gothic and uh, my novel is a uh, East Frisian Gothic. So uh, um, this was much influenced uh, by him. Uh, Where's my book, by the way? Oh, you said you brought some issues. Great. So I can read in German? No, I'm ki- just kidding. <laughs> so, but that means uh, I will punish you with my, with my bad accent, um, and you have to punish torture. Yeah, torture is the right word. Thanks. Not you know, not even my bad accent, but my bad English. Um, usually, I okay. I start, and and then. I move on. I will read uh, uh, from the very beginning of the novel because I think it fits to the weather here. Actually, my novel has has three beginnings, but it's hard to read the first beginning because uh, the the first pages are just empty. So it's like six minutes silence or 12 minutes silence. And then the second beginning is... uh, letter addressed to the former German Chancellor. Um, It's a warning um, addressed to him that um, he shouldn't um, drive up to Jericho, uh, a fictional town, uh, because it's full full of aliens. So I'm, I'm starting with the third beginning. The summer was hot and dry. The hottest, driest summer since 1947. It said so in the newspaper, they said so on the radio and on TV, but no one, not even the oldest people, could remember a summer like this. 
It hadn't rained for weeks aside from one or two short, sharp showers. The hay languished in the fields pressed into balls. The air was filled with dust. Bernhard Cooper, whom everyone who knew him better called only Hart, had set up a fan next to the counter and stuck a sheet of orange plastic in the display window so that the boxes and tins and tubes on show didn't bleach in the sun. The customers, especially the tourists, complained of the heat outside, praised the cool inside, wiped their faces with the backs of their hands and bought sun lotion before they continued on their journeys. At low tide to the lake, at high tide to the sea. Hart stood behind the till from morning to evening, then he wrote and paid bills and developed films in the darkroom. He rarely had a chance for a long conversation. If he did, it was usually about the weather or how much the area had cha changed since the customer's last visit, how pretty everything was now and how he could think himself lucky to live in a place where other people went on holiday. At times like that, he shrugged, put the receipt in the bag with the tubes and said, goodbye then, or have a good trip. He accepted prosperity like something perfectly normal, perhaps because it seemed like something long overdue, like something they had earned after all the years of hardship. They'd finally entered an era of light, and he, dazzled by its promises, wanted to have his part in it before this heaven on earth grew dark again. Up until then, he hadn't thought about it, at least not consciously, but it must be true if they kept saying it. All the roads were asphalted and lined with by pavements. The lime trees along the village road had gone, and in their place now grew ornamental maples propped up by wooden poles, held by ropes with branches that would never extend above the first floor of the houses. The town hall had got a new roof, the dairy a bottling plant. The old fire station had been replaced by a modern appliance building with a communications room, uniform store, washroom and parking spaces for a rescue vehicle. On the other, on the through road, Hayo Hayinga had converted the village pub into Club 69 and brought girls from all over Europe to East Frisia. Didi Schulz, the blacksmith, had opened a shop for toys and gifts next to his workshop. Fendel Fashions had stopped stockings, stocking shows and was now specializing entirely in textiles. And many of the long-established farmers had given up agriculture, set up holiday flats in the old farmhouses and sold their gra grazing land to the council. It was only the cement works that didn't yet have planning permission because the site where they were to, build, to be built, two fields walled in by hedge banks on the other side of the railway tracks, was a conservation, conservation area. The drugstore's extension had just been finished at the end of May, right before the beginning of high season. Hart had commissioned the building contractor Johann Rosing to extend the shop, the sales area, the, th the stockroom, and add another floor on top of the garage, a second larger living room for special occasions with large windows, panorama windows, and a terrace lined with terracotta tiles. 
Hard ate his dinner with Birgit and Daniel there now instead of in the kitchen, talking about the day's takings and outgoings, Werder Bremen and HSV football clubs, school. Daniel got his first school report on a Wednesday in June. Daniel can read text, texts containing new words with occasional help. Daniel can write short sentences and words from those practiced in dictation. Daniel can solve most logic exercises independently, can state and note less than, greater than relationships between numbers and is capable of addition, addition and subtraction up to 20 without aids. Daniel enriches lessons with relevant contributions. He plays the recorder. He spent the entire length of the holidays outside. He and the mother went to Baltrum for a week. She bought him a wooden sailboat. It didn't have any torpedoes on board or any guns. On the second day, he let it float too far out and the wind blew it away. The next morning, the mother had left the door to the corridor open while she was in the bathroom. He tucked open the transom window in their hotel room. The draught was so strong he couldn't keep a grip on the handle. It slammed shut again with a bang, two panes of glass leaping out and shattering on the pavement outside the entrance. When the mother saw the damage he'd done, the fear in his eyes of being punished for his clumsy mistake, she stroked his head and said, Shards bring good luck. Later, they had breakfast on the veranda, went walking in the dunes, sat together in the wicker beach chair with a roof over their heads, looking out over the water as it came and went. Her hair was long and dark, her skin shiny. She wore a swimsuit with a flowery pattern, her belly rounded beneath it. He built a rampart out of sand around her, wanting to protect her, protect himself, he didn't know what from. In the evening, they went to a restaurant, ate fish, potatoes, salad. The mother told him about Dallas, the only thing she missed here, TV. And she talked about earlier holidays with her sisters in Berchtesgaden and Mittenwald in Lindau on Lake Constance. Then, it was late by then, past nine, she said, she'd met his father here on the island. She'd been on a work out She'd been on a work outing from office while he'd came over here from the mainland to spend the weekend on the beach with a few mates from the barracks. She'd still been working for Knipper back then and he was with the army in Aurich. She'd noticed him as soon as she arrived in the hotel lobby, his white coat, his own personal uniform, but she hadn't spoken to him until a party in the Fresena Hotel. She'd asked him to dance, hard, of all people, the Klutentramper, her poor two toes. Uh, this is the thing you can't really translate into uh, English. Klutentramper is an uh, East Frisian uh, term for some very clumsy dancer. Um, at night she read, she read him bedtime stories. The Sea Wolf, Huckleberry Finn, The Deerslayer. His favorite part was where Wolf Larsen crushes the potato in one hand, where Huck and Jim clamber into the house floating on the Mississippi, where Judith snatches, snatches the cap off Tom Hutter's head. 
On the last day he wrote the father a postcard. She told him the words to write, that the weather was wonderful and they were fine and he was looking forward to coming home again. His handwriting is neat and legible. Well, I can go on and on, um, but usually I ask the crowd now uh, how I go on, should go on. There are two possibilities to read this novel. Uh, I mean, uh, there are a lot of possibilities, but there are two uh, ways um, that, that seem to fit the most. And um, well, I can read it as a romantic novel now and as a heavy metal novel, so it's up to you now. Raise your hand, please. Uh, romantic novel? Or heavy metal? Uh, so it's almost uh, equal. Uh, I'm sorry, tonight I decide of, uh, you know, reading the romantic. So it says, against the world, uh, in favor of love, right? Okay. On his first day of school after the long holidays, a new boy was standing next to the class teacher, Mrs. Wolters. He was short and fat, as wide as, wa as he was tall, a mouth on two legs. He had blue eyes, sticky out ears, and freckles. His head was shaved as if he'd had nits and they hadn't known any way to deal with them other than cutting off his hair. He held a satchel in one hand, and which pulled his body down with its weight, and in the other, as if to balance it out, a chocolate biscuit, with a bite taken out of it. He pursed his lips and looked down, following the crumbs at the belly curving out above his short trousers. Mrs. Walters said his name was Volker, Volker Mengs. His father was a teacher at the intermediate school, his mother at the grammar school. He had a younger sister and they'd all just moved here from Hanover. Then she let him sit down. At prayer time he didn't close his eyes, he didn't put his hands together, didn't move his lips, he didn't even pretend to join in. He didn't take a shower after sport, not with the others, not on his own. All he did was rub down his chest with his, with his sweaty t-shirt. At break time, he stood slightly aside, took out a box of sandwiches, ate in silence. His pencils were arranged by color, his exercise books were wrapped in protective covers. Before he started a new page, he put a sheet of blotting paper on the old one, smoothed one hand over it, waited until the ink had soaked in. There were plenty of reasons to beat him up just no opportunity. His parents brought him in the morning and picked him up when school ended at lunchtime. After a few days, Hart invited the Mengs family over for dinner. 
He thought it out all carefully. First they'd have a good time, then once they were in the right mood, he'd show them the shop and demonstrate a couple of products. He'd give the wife samples and take the husband along fishing at the weekend to the pub via their sons. He'd create a dependency beyond that personal contact, the whole basis of his business, give and take. That was all there was to it. It all came down to the right ratio. They sat around the table on the terrace, the adults at one end, the children at the other. It was just after seven, but still so hot that they were wiping off the sweet sweat. Wasps buzzed around them, dive-bombing the sausages and the mustard, swarming around the fries, the ketchup, the beer and the juice, crawling over the pasta and the potato salad, the marinated vegetable kebabs. Birgit flapped her hands and stretched cling film over the pots and bowls. Every few minutes someone leaped up with the yelp, ran a few steps and sat down again in hope of having shaken off their pursuers. The fathers put more charcoal on the barbecue, poked the embers, kept the fresh meat coming. Volker had hardly polished off three sausages and mutton cutlet before he went up for seconds. On his way back, he held his plate like a waiter, balancing it on his fingertips. He knocked over a glass as he sat down. Apple juice spilled over the waxed tablecloth. He slurped it up from the edge while his sister slept at the wet patch. Hart watched them in horror. Then he said, why don't you do something that's out of order? We think, I mean, we are of the opinion, Mr. Mengs cleared his throat, that children should be allowed to make their own minds up, that they'll come up against their own boundaries in time, that life itself will punish them, and that punishment is worse than any other. And you use that method to keep your class under control? Mr. Mengs shook his head. Shook his head. You can't... I, can, I can't imagine you do, said Hart, not with the best will in the world. You can't mix private and professional matters. Your own children and other people's children are two different things. Of course, there are other rules at school to at home. You can't separate one thing from another like that. Well, we don't tell our, our children what to do and what not to do, what to eat or where, how to live. They'll have to find that out for themselves. Where's it all supposed to end? I don't know. Nobody knows. We'll have to wait and see. That's the point. Taking a new approach, not repeating our parents' mistakes. Our only motto is, anything goes apart from drugs. It's the other way round for us, said Hart. Nothing goes apart from drugs. It was supposed to be a joke, one of his druggist jokes, but nobody laughed. Birgit looked at the ground, Mr. and Mrs. Mengs exchanged confused glances and the children took no notice. Hart tweaked at his shirt, pointing at the patch soon on above his chest, Cooper's drugstore. It was no use. So he laughed himself, reached into the crate, opened a new bottle and poured himself a beer, decanting it so fast it foamed. To get the conversation going again, he said, What's born into this world without hide, hair or skin cries once and never cries again.
Uh, a puppy, said Mr. Manx. No, no, uh, a puppy has skin. Mr. Manx rested his head on his hand and rubbed his chin. Mrs. Manx bit her lips and frowned, while Birgit, having heard this one before, went to get a wet cloth from the kitchen to wipe down the table. Hart leaned back and downed his beer in one, emitting a throaty, hissing sound before he put the glass down. He'd set them a riddle they couldn't solve. One or, one or other of them kept murmuring in nude or time, as if they were likely to find an answer by thinking longer and longer about it. Then, after two or three minutes, Hart said, a fart. <laughs> and Mr. Meng said, farts aren't born. Well, this, this is the uh, most uh, difficult part uh, in the novel. I, I have like several jokes in it, and some of them are word plays. And uh, this one is really hard to translate. We um, and, and the thing is, this is a wrong translation um, because I said to her, the jokes need to be uh, racist and sexist. <laughs> so, um, well, the original um, joke is um, in German. It's like. Bilden Sie mal einen Satz mit in der. Die Maus sitzt in der Falle, sagte Herr Mengs. Nee, nee, ich meine nur mit in der. Herr Mengs stützte den Kopf auf und rieb sich das Kinn. Frau Mengs biss sich auf die Lippen und legte die Stirn in Falten. Birgit, die den Witz schon kannte, ging in die Küche und holte einen feuchten Lappen, um den Tisch abzuwischen. Hart lehnte sich zurück, trank das Glas in einem Zug leer und stieß, bevor er es absetzte, einen kehligen, zischenden Laut aus. Er hatte ihnen ein Rätsel gestellt, das sie nicht lösen konnten. Immer wieder murmelte einer der beiden, in der, in der, oder ein Satz mit in der, als würde die Wiederholung der Aufgabe sie der Lösung ein Stück näher bringen. Dann, nach zwei, drei Minuten, sagte Hart, der Inder in der Inderin. Und Herr Mengs sagte, das ist kein vollständiger Satz. Um, I had some uh, I had some uh, I, w I was doing an internet research uh, on this on this jokes, you know, and asked my Facebook friends and uh, what came out is so bad I, I can't really uh, read them. <laughs> I mean it's so I mean it's really it's I mean it's really bad. I mean it's like but you know to to characterize hard this asshole it was like important to 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 write down these kind of bad jokes. Um It's like oh, and since we have uh, someone who is not uh an adult yet I, I'm I, I can't just read them uh, so um, anyway you have to buy the book you have to buy the book um, sorry and I uh, what I just did it ha this book has kind of two uh, love stories in it and um, 
And I'm just reading one, because the other one is a kind of another secret of the book, and it's revealed in the last chapter. So you have to read through it to get the idea of, of what, you, what the book is all about. And yet then you have to read it again. And uh, since the, th the novel has like a thousand pages, um, the whole thing will keep you like uh, for six months. Uh, so that you, you're not able to read any other book. That was my idea and it, I was successful with it. Uh, there, I know some people who are still reading this novel and it's now uh, three years, they're three years into it. Uh, one of them, uh, I said like that uh, Dennis Johnson's Already Dead was one of the main uh, influences. Another uh, main influence was the TV show Dallas. Um, and uh, you will figure this out now. From downstairs, she heard Hart opening the door and pushing the bike stand outside the shop. She knew he'd been. She she knew he'd be going into the garage to fetch his bike, hers, and position them outside the shop, so that it looked as if they had customers. Every time she heard him, she remembered the time not long after she'd moved in with him when she'd stood at the open garage door one morning, shopping bags on the ground, hands on hips, shocked and incredulous that their bikes had been stolen overnight. And she remembered she'd been even more shocked and incredulous when she'd walked round the house to the shop doorway and seen the bikes standing there, both locked up and laden with bags. Pale in the face, but determined to demand the key and take him to task, hard, de Sturkop, that stubborn bugger, she'd gone inside. She was annoyed at him, making plans and putting them into action without talking to her about them. After the wedding, she told him she was willing to give up her job for him and he'd assured her he'd let her in on everything to do with the shop. But he didn't kept his side of the bargain. What's this all about? She'd asked, pointing outside, still upset by the double whammy. He shrugged and said, as if to justify himself, it's psychology, Biggie. Give me the key. Doubters find it easier to come in when they assume someone else is in the shop. The key. No one goes in an empty cafe or restaurant when there's one next door with someone sitting inside waiting to be served. That's not psychology, it's nonsense. There isn't any other drugstore in Jericho than yours. Ours. What? This, he said throwing out his arms, is our drugstore. No, it's yours, and now give me the damn key, will you? And when she remembered that, she thought of Dallas, one of the very first episodes when Bobby went into his brother's business and J.R. refused to let him look at the red files and gave him the feeling that although he might be on the team, he was still in an inferior, less powerful member and that, she feared, was what she'd always be if she gave in to Hart's coaxing to come in on the shop with him. Once he'd even borrowed bikes from Altman's, dozens of ladies' bicycles that Altman's, Altman's bicycles rented out to tourists during high season. 
But that day they stood in untidy rows outside the shop, every which way as if hastily parked to reinforce the effect of an ad published that morning in the Friesenzeitung newspaper. And this ad is also in the book. It's not only in written form. I have three ads in the book. Oh, they cut it out in the paperback edition. No. And it's uh, it's an ad. You see the lady uh, cleaning the floor uh, with the mini skirt. Uh, well, it says a lot about uh, Hart's uh, view on girls, wives. And now it's pretty hard to read it in English uh, because it has a lot of THs. THs. Attention all housewives. Spring is on its way. Multi-purpose cloths, floor cloths, mops, scrubbers, cleaning fluid, dust pans and brushes and vacuum bags. Special offers from 79 Phoenix. Um, actually, uh, so uh, the German... Uh, Audi the Germans in the audience know that um, in Germany we had this uh, uh, drugstore chain store called Schlecker. And um, this book is like, my next book will be uh, an anti-Amazon uh, novel. So this is an anti-Schlecker novel. And I was pretty successful because a few months after this novel was published, Schlecker uh, went, went bankrupt, see? <laughs> but went bankrupt? Yeah. yeah. So, um, and the ad I took um, you know, this kind of uh, uh, half-naked uh, girl um, cleaning the floor was actually a, sh a Schlecker uh, ad from the 60s. Um, and, you know, so you see what kind of uh, image Schlecker had uh, or view on uh, girls. The next customers had been rather surprised to enter an empty shop through this, this cordon of bikes. Craning their necks passed him to the office, the photo studio, the dark room, holding their breath, listening, and then reaching after all for the crates with the special office set up by the counter. A few of them had asked hard where the others were, but they had no reply to his question of which others and they paid up quickly out of embarrassment. Luckily, the shop was soon so crowded that no one else spotted the disparity between the bikes and the women greedily clutching and at packages and purses. Psychology, Hart had told her again that night as he stowed the cash box under the bed and switched off the light without turning around to her again. It's all psychology. If there's one thing he knows nothing about, she thought, it's psychology. And it seemed like proof when people started seeing through his bike trick at some point, but he continued to believe in its appeal even as it became less and less effective.
Well, I skipped the sex uh, uh, story due to the fact that we have someone who is not an adult uh, now, so I'm sorry. Uh, I, 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 I think, yeah, you, you would have loved to listen to it. Uh, but um, it's like, you know, it's like a kind of, you know, it's like a sex uh, scene where the parents have sex and um, it's not very erotic, so... Um, Anyway, um, uh, when I um, pitched this book uh, at my publishing house, um, they invited me um, to um, to present this book to the to those people who who are going to the bookshops, um, you know, to kind of uh, sell the book. Um, I don't know how how you call it in in, in English, uh, the Vertreter, which is what is it? The reps, yeah. So. And uh, the reps, they have to uh, read a lot of books, not only from this publishing house in Germany, um, but also from different publishing houses. And then they're going to the bookshops and, you know, um, trying to convince the, the bookkeeper uh, to, to buy it. And um, so there was one uh, guy who was asking me, uh, you know, I'm sorry, I can't read like 1,000 pages. Um, can you do me a favor and, you know, kind of... Uh, cut the story down to one or two sentences, you know, <laughs> and I was like, well, and then I said, uh, then I read this uh, chapter. It's a, it's a chapter I put into the book because I uh, anticipated this question. Uh, so this is uh, going out to them, and it's uh, at the not at the very end, but it's in the third part of the book, so a lot of things had happened. Um, Daniel, the main protagonist, is not uh, alone on anymore. He has two, uh, uh, He has a brother and a sister, uh, twins, and Hart's uh, drugstore is like in difficulties, so he's like gambling um, and makes some money with that and loses some money. Once Birgit put the twins to bed, she'd, had, she'd come into the living room and they'd watched the evening news together. Then Hart had got up and gone to see Minders. It was, 20, it was the 26th day of play in the football league. And when he got back, he took a beer out of the fridge and came into the living room. Birgit was lying prone on the reclining chair, wrapped in a blanket. She only turned her head in his direction. Her cheeks were glowing with happiness and her gaze was glassy. The footrest was folded out and underneath it on the carpet her shoes lay as if thrown off. There was a bottle of red wine on the table. It has been almost full before he left. And now, illuminated by the floor lamp, he saw that there wasn't even enough in there to pour another glass. She, she could take a lot of drink, and apart from the shine on her skin and in her eyes, her drunkenness wasn't noticeable. She never got abusive, never talked nonsense or lost her balance. All the symptoms other people displayed in this state remained concealed, concealed within her. And that, that impenetrability, impenetrability, was something he valued in her and that he also credited with her success in the shop, her success with men. 
she treated the few men who came in there the same obliging way, even though she couldn't stand the sight of some of them, as she admitted to, to him afterwards. It was only for him that she sometimes let her mask slip, and what came to the forefront then was nothing was was not something he liked to remember, a cold gaze full of contempt. He closed the door behind him and adjusted the seat he'd been sitting in before, moving it closer to her. What have you got up your sleeve? The color had vanished from her face from one moment to the next, and she was looking at him exactly as he'd expected. Excuse me, I live here. It's Tuesday. I know your holy Tuesday. Don't you have to go to the beach hotel? I'm not going anymore. They can sing much better without me anyway. No one stands out anymore now. The male voice, the male voice choir had been practicing on Tuesday instead of Thursdays since Easter. You usually have something else more important to do than sitting around at home. Not today. What about Minders? Just been to see him. Wasn't much going on today. Lots of them are at the beach hotel and now I've got an evening off. It's my evening off as well. An evening off from you. I know, I know, but I thought we could spend it together for a change. No, we can't. Why not? That goes against the principle. What principle? The principle of my evening off. Anyway, I bet you don't want to watch Dallas with me. That's exactly what I'm going to do. I know, Tuesday is Dallas Day. Yes, but not for long. Mind you, who knows, Bobby was dead and then he jumped out of the shower bright and breezy one morning six months later. I don't understand a word. This, she gestured at the TV, is the last but one series. It's, it'll be all over in the autumn, and up to then, I'm going to enjoy every second. She folded the footrest back down, threw off her blanket, got up, and went over to the wall, un wall unit to take a new bottle out of the bar section. And I'm going to get drunk while I do it. You go ahead, it's your right, he raised his beer. And if you don't mind, I'll join you. All right then she said, sitting back down, but only if you don't take the mickey and don't comment on every scene. Here, she handed him the bottle and the corkscrew across the table. Make yourself useful. I will. What? Take the mickey? Her tone had changed, softened, and he liked the sound of it. He'd broken her resistance, and if he didn't make a wrong move now, she'd come to him later over to his side of the bed. No, Hart puts his beer on the table, threw the spiral into the cork and pulled it out with a plop. Definitely not. I'd never do a thing like that. So, what's happened so far? He half filled her glass and put the bottle next to her within her reach. Bobby and April got married last week at last, she'd said with growing enthusiasm. And Clayton made up with McKay, much to JR's annoyance because he can't stand McKay. They're too familiar, both pretty nasty guys who'll stop, who'll stop at nothing. And no, no, he interrupted, from the beginning, I mean. You never watched it? Ah, maybe once, ten years ago. 
you missed a whole lot. An entire life, I guess. Dozens of lives. Ah, uh, can't you can't you at least try to sum it up for me in two or three sentences, just so I know what's going on? He reached his left hand out to her, and she took it. No. And now sit down and shut up. It's starting. Thank you. You've been listening to the Skylight Books author reading series. Don't forget that you can listen to this and all of our other great podcasts at skylightbooks.com. Today's music was provided by Young Jesus. You can check them out at youngjesus.bandcamp.com. Thanks again for stopping by, and we hope to see you soon.